0: Welcome to the Enduro Method podcast. Enduro Method is an online strength and conditioning program built for those who ride by those who ride. We are professional coaches dedicated to building the best and most revolutionary off the bike training for dirt bikers around. We are offering a special discount for our podcast listeners. Use discount code EMPODCAST22 for 50% off your first month. For more information, head to the description of this podcast where you can find the discount code, and a link for more information and to sign up. Cool. Is that going to be your last um, race for this year? Yeah,
1: Turkey will be my last race, See the Sky. And then uh, that's, like, really going to be the start of the off. Well, there's actually an EnduroCross, I think, after that that I might do. Um, But I haven't, like, really looked at the schedule too much just because EnduroCross isn't really, like, a big priority for me. It's just, like, really something to help with enduro cross sections and real racing and intensity and prologues and stuff like that. Um, I have not much interest in, in enduro cross full season, right. at least this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It could definitely be a great cross training. Um, like getting comfortable
1: with some of the prologue stuff for sure though. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I need, I need that because my prologues are, are really bad compared to I- my main races. Uh, yeah, I've personally considered the same. I'm like, well,
0: like, don't have any interest in really racing a series or going hard in the Enduro cross because also I'm older and probably get hurt doing it. But <laughs> like, then you just got to bite the bullet if it is a crazy prologue. You just kind of accept the fact that you're going to put through it. And
1: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I need to work on intensity and and even just getting right into racing like getting like being ready to race right off the bat where like typically and it's weird because it seems like it takes me like say 10 minutes to get in the zone during a short race which but in a long race that doesn't happen so it's kind of like a (laughs) it's got to be a mental problem you know that means it's not a physical problem it's just like like the way I'm viewing mentally a short race is like causing me to like psych myself out in some way, but right. to figure that out. Yeah. Interesting. Like it. Yeah. You just, you,
0: even though it's short, you're kind of letting yourself ease into it almost.
1: Yeah. It's like, it freaks me out. So I like, I'm like, I better just start slow. And then then by the time I'm into it, it's over.
0: Right. (laughs) So it's like
1: not, not super helpful. Yeah. Well yeah, I could definitely see endurance cross brings the intensity. Yeah, for sure. I'm it makes me nervous. I've never I've only done one and it was uh, like a local in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And uh, it was super fun, but uh it definitely was like a little eye-opening to say the least. I was yeah. like pumped up and like heart rate was way too high and I was like you make a mistake and it's just like that like fight or flight mode like instantly like like your race is over now like you you just screwed up the jersey barrier and you lost the whole race yeah yeah uh
0: yeah different style that's cool though all right sweet well let's um let's give a little history of joe Namath and um yeah maybe how you started riding when yeah kind of your journey to where you are now
1: Yeah, I started riding when I was four years old. Um, I got a Honda uh, 50 on my fourth birthday. I still have that bike, but um, it was always just like a fun thing for me and my dad to do. A lot of trail riding, a lot of local hair scrambles in Ohio where I grew up. Um, We would do GNCCs whenever they came around close. And then uh, I kind of lost it a bit playing team sports. So where did you grow up? Uh, and ju- i grew up just outside cleveland ohio okay um so we were just doing local ohio uh, hair scramble series like and it, and it was seriously just like a fun thing to do i was really interested in it but soccer was like my was my thing like soccer was priority number one i was having coaches i was at the level where you know coaches are telling me not to do dirt bike stuff and all that so it was like a constant struggle balancing all that stuff um but then uh as I got like into high school later years of high school I realized that like I really liked dirt biking more um and it still wasn't anything I took super duper serious it was just like a really fun thing to do me and my dad go out camp ride trail uh race occasionally and then um, like about seven years ago, I moved to Utah, so to Moab and, uh, then I was poor. Um, I moved out on my own and it was like, just like I had a dirt bike and I did dirt bike guiding and it was still like a huge part of my life. It always has been, but, um, there was absolutely no way I could race. So I didn't race for five years. Right. Um, just, uh, doing like working dirt bike guiding and stuff like that and uh just doing stuff for fun and then i don't know what exactly happened but um i i raced one desert race and i was like oh that's pretty cool i forget what that feels like um especially doing good uh being so like having not raced for so long and i was like this could be like an interesting to get back into uh because i had a little bit more money at the time and i had some some free time to actually do it and then the hard enduro thing was just like out of the blue like no i had no thought i had like i was the guy that had seen like Erzberg on like a bar tv at some point but and was like oh that's pretty sweet but like past that and like knowing graham who graham jarvis is like um it was just, like, another genre of dirt, bike, dirt biking I knew was out there, but I was just, like, kind of the woods racer, go fast, desert guy. Um, but then Des- uh, Harden I just, like, instantly was, like, it. Like, I was like, oh, this is, like, what I want to do every day for the yeah. rest of my life. <laughs> what,
0: what was it about it that kind of drew you in?
1: Um, I don't know. I I think it's always been there because, like, I always knew like when we would uh well if we were trail riding I had more fun when it was raining in miserable in Ohio I had better results at races when it was raining partly probably due to the fact that there was less people that showed up on bad days right. <laughs> <laughs> um but also I just like that I was like I think I'm better I think also being huge like being 6'4 and uh Like being able to muscle the bike around, um, like allowed me to like, um, kind of bridge the gap of getting into hard enduro. Like at the beginning, you're just kind of all over the place and like, you're just trying to get through stuff. So like being like able to muscle the bike up something or, um, you know, just pick the bike up and put it out of the hole. Like that allowed me to like I wasn't having the frustrations that a lot of people have when they're like uh limited by their size or their physical ability. Yeah. Um, I definitely getting feet down in the beginning is a
0: massive advantage.
1: Yeah. Uh which I actually argue sometimes that um it's really, really nice to be able to put feet down. There's almost no or almost no disadvantages to being tall, but um it's easier to get bad habits. Yeah, Um, I agree. You can dab anywhere you want. You can take your time. You can sit, you can get away with a lot more stuff being big. So, um, you kind of have to, not that that's a disadvantage, but you can, bad habits are hard to unlearn. Yeah. I think it, like you said, it
0: gives you that shortcut in and then but if you want to continue progressing you've got to take the step back which is sometimes hard hard or harder to do once you've felt like you've had that great bump of in the initial you know in the beginning um, yeah. but almost take a step back and relearn stuff that yeah you, you're able to shortcut i mean i feel like i've done the same in areas for sure
1: yeah but that's kind of like where i'm at now i my first uh first hard neuro was rev limiter um the one that was in september it was the one that got postponed late so i think it was 2020 yeah the covid yeah the covid uh changed one so not last year but the year before okay um that was that was my first one and then i was like stoked on it like horrible by the way like the next day i like it was like a zombie movie. I was like crawling out of the tent, like about to collapse and fall over. Could not like, I was dead. I was, I was seriously like destroyed and it was super opening. And it was like, still like awesome and fun. But like, um, I think I got like 120th overall or something like that. Um, just scraping by for a finish. And, uh, I was like pretty much hooked and then that whole because that was like the last race of the year that year September I think it was and then uh um that whole off season me and my girlfriend Mesa just like um we're living out our airstream riding dirt bikes and stuff and uh King of Motos was the next race that was like the spring race last year Yeah. Spring race last year was the first race of the year. And, um, so we were in Johnson Valley for like a month before the race. Like they literally built that King of hammers city around us. Um, like it was kind of cool watching that whole like process, like unfold. Um, yeah, we were like in the middle, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the desert. And I mean, we're taking bag showers naked behind the trailer no one around and then it's like oh shit there's like 20 semis here today and you come back and there's a stage built you come back and there's like 20 more semis and it's like every day more shit but wow. um that that whole month was just like really huge for me um riding those huge canyons out there uh those like i think it's like one of the coolest places um cuz there's traction and uh you can when there's traction you can do the things you're not limited by lack of traction so you can really focus on your form and like even though it's easier like you can feel like oh that's like a legitimate zap like i just got that and then you can progress with it a lot easier i feel like and then um you know eventually you can try to do that stuff when there's little or less traction um but yeah, so that was like kind of the start what brought me into a full west season last year um, in the AMA Hard Enduro series. And then this year we were just like we're going all in, like double down full full AMA East West um which we did do and then uh Romaniacs uh Tennessee Knockout and now we're uh Plans changed a bit now. Not doing outliers, Um, and uh, we're doing Sea to Sky in Turkey in October. Nice. Um, When you went from
0: that first uh, um, the rev limiter to uh, King of Motos, when you were just riding, like how what changed for you in your like training on the bike kind of idea? Right. Like what were you doing? Like you were just riding trail and riding your bike before Rambler, then all of a sudden you go to that race and you kind of like, holy shit, these obstacles and this stuff, like what did you start to try and incorporate? Um, because it's not like I've said it before on different things, but it's it's not like trail riding's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it only take you so far if your goal is to really progress in that race setting where you got logs, big rocks, ledges, faces and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, we, we were actually just talking about this at, at dinner last night, like how the disconnect between somebody that says they ride hard, which is there's nothing um, wrong with this, but like, you know, anyone getting out on the bike anytime is awesome, especially if they're like stoked on like hard stuff, hard trails, you know, any type of hard riding, technical riding. Um, but there's like a huge disconnect between people that say they ride hard and, out and just ride trail and people that like have been to a race before. and It's, it's, it's kind of weird. And I felt this when I went to Romania too, you know, you get told things over and over again and you're like, yeah, I get it. And then you get there and you're like, now I get it. You know, like now I actually understand, right. There's no way, there's no amount of talking that can prepare you for some of this stuff. Um, even though explaining to people what they're getting themselves into is very important when they're like going to a hard enduro for the first time right um but i was definitely i started like obviously i saw the obstacles at rev Linder, and this was at the property the newer property for rev Linder. so it was the dry um like uh cory um like uh whatever <laughs> kind of stone quarry it was or whatever uh it wasn't the slick property they used to run at so um uh, I was seeing bigger features um, with traction, which I'm used to being in Moab and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it changed from like one thing was, you know, I was I was doing bigger things and I was trying them hundreds of times. Like I would just go out and and try something. I would try something like. Two hundred times before I got it. Um, whereas before I was just kind of, you know, I almost felt you you feel bad when you're trail riding and you like stop to like do something and then, or you see something like on the edge of the trail and you're like, oh, I'm gonna hit that real quick, but then you have a line of people behind you, right? And like, you, like you don't know if they're interested in hitting the thing, and like, it's just like a weird like. So really what changed is I started training by myself. Um, I would go out in the morning and I would do three hours every morning for for a month. I would do three hours of like the hardest riding I'd ever done in my life, testing my limits and trying things hundreds of times. And I'd get back and Macy would be there. She was working remotely at the time. So that was her work time for that. And um, then we'd ride trials bikes. Um, for two hours in the afternoon, and this is seriously every day for a month. Um, three hours on the big bike in the morning, two hour, two three hours in the trials bike in the middle of the day. Um, let the dogs run around, and then we'd go out on a trail ride. Later in the day, and that was seriously like at least six days a week, for for a little over a month, and then, uh, King of Hammers or King of Motos happened and. Uh, it wasn't a huge turnout, but like I got a really good result and I was like, and even other people like the, the Sweeten family, which is like a big name in the trials scene, they're, um, Oregon based, but they're like, um, they were huge too, because I met them and that was like my first real introduction to trials. I I'd, I'd only seen them before I'd never ridden bike before. And uh as soon as they started, we started talking to them and like riding at their place in outside of Portland and uh in Oregon, they're like, I mean, they're just awesome riders, and Dennis is like a legend, and Keith is awesome, and Kylie's awesome. Like that whole family is just like they played a huge part in like me seeing um what was possible and uh like what could be done because before that, like, like you know guiding guiding on dirt bikes and stuff is all you do is ride with people that don't get to ride very much right or or don't ride at all and they just want to do like a fun vacation thing so you kind of feel feel like a hero right good to get good to get that reality check in and and see like like oh okay like this is there's there's huge levels to this right um and that really helped like just seeing seeing that and but yeah that's kind of what changed between that that off season and that really helped and I was hooked yeah and then after
0: King Emoto's and before the kind of the U.S. season hit off did you continue that trend or
1: yeah I did um it was kind of back to reality as far as like work and stuff. Um, after that, that was kind of the end of our, our like winter vacation. Right. Uh, off season. So um, I, it was less riding, but I was still, you know, then I came back to to Utah and, and I was seeing lines that I never saw before. Right. Which is another big thing. You have to, you have to ride trail. The thing that's awesome about racing is it it doesn't matter how stripped you are in your head out on a trail ride like you you say you're gonna take the hardest lines you can take but until that ribbon's up and they force you into that spot like it's hard to like be like i'm gonna be miserable in this section over here when i could just ride this over here and have fun right like um but i started to do that more and like, there's something to be said about, you know, that's like the type two fun deal. Like you get to the top and you're like, that was awesome. Even though you're like dropping your bike on on its side and falling over and, you know, cussing at everything. Yeah. And then you get to the top and you're like, that was awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's definitely something to be said for like, if you, Cause I mean, that was kind of our history too. It was only trail rides and sure. There'd be a hard section that's blown out. So maybe there's multiple possibilities or whatever, but, uh, you didn't have, you don't have to do your own route finding essentially, right? You don't, you don't actually sit at the bottom of a hill with, you know, 50 feet of ribbon and you actually have to decide the best option for you to get up the hill and then navigate that around potential bottlenecks or whatever. It's just a very different experience
1: yeah no it's it's different and it's it's cool it's it's hard to replicate outside of it right and of but course I, potentially the is, yeah 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 that's true that's true especially out here i mean there's no private really um right. you're on public lands and uh you want to be respectful of of the public lands and definitely. um like it's it's definitely a hard balance because like I mean, you're just like, I mean, I'm almost like twitching. I'm itching. Like I'd see a line on the side of the tree. I'd be like, uh, I really want to go over there and do that. But I know I shouldn't. It's right. like a, a little dilemma there. But um, there is like something to be said about. That's like a whole nother topic of. Um, I mean, sometimes I say like it it sucks, but like another name for hardened dirt soil erosion like
0: for sure
1: <laughs> like we look at it and we're like oh yeah that section's getting real good now
0: <laughs> right, Yeah, <laughs> because
1: it's getting destroyed like um which that's why arizona is so cool is because they're like a little more i mean there's there's definitely i i really wish there could be more spots for us to go and, and ride that stuff and they're really good about like like designating areas and being like okay like this is like this area has been strip mined or it's an old quarry or you know there's at some point it's the the land's been disturbed and now they're like well it's it's kind of a losing battle so we should at least like let these guys have it right um so they can like do what they love to do like especially with like like bumblebee stuff in Arizona stuff like that like really the the rock crawler places are the places that I tend to like the most. Like a lot of people are like single track, single track, single track, you know, but but
0: I tend to have the most fun where like the crawlers go.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You can be real creative and, um, kind of make your own hell if you will. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So what was your, uh, what was your favorite race this year in the U S Hard Enduro series? on the west um, let's, say, let's do one from the west one from the east that so really stand out
1: so i love i love uh grinding stone um that was probably my favorite and it's just really it comes down to a personal preference on style of riding um it was also my worst race of the year which is saying something um, <laughs> <laughs> uh i i had like just some really bad issues with like cramping up and and stuff and that's why i actually started talking to you guys about enduro method and um trying to like figure out how to solve some issues with my body and and have like that not be something i have to think about like um like am i going to cramp up this race it was it was really like just like a I i hadn't figured it out yet i was just guessing like like I feel like I wasn't recording any of my stuff. I wasn't, you know, monitoring heart rate, like monitoring what I was eating before race. And all the, those data points are like valuable when you look back and you can go like, oh, well, you know, and obviously there's variables that it's not like a controlled experiment. That's like more like why training is so nice because you can hit a hard enduro loop and say like, the the loop is exactly the same the temp's exactly the same the time of day is exactly the same and the only thing that changes is potentially your diet your what you did the days up leading up to it and all that stuff so you can kind of like dial in like um like i actually felt really good today let me look back at all this stuff and see if i can replicate that again yeah Uh, totally you have
0: a record like hey i slept eight hours a night for last three nights i felt really good on this day i slept four hours it last two nights and had a couple beers and i feel like
1: shit today exactly right yeah. but um yeah grinding stone was definitely my favorite west race even though um donner was like a huge step up from from what it was last year like they did a, a great job like i think um it, it was i thought it was um too easy last year um and they did a great job stepping up to the plate and uh i think that's like probably the best race for like everybody right like is if you went from like c class b class a class pro um that was the best race for for anybody who showed up um but on the on the east uh i gotta say tough like roar it's just so good. Uh, tough like roar is like and those guys, like you can tell when somebody actually cares about something. They're just like, you know, talking to them after the race, they're like, Yeah, in a week we're gonna start building the course for next year. Yeah. It's a full year project for them. These guys, like most of the guys building the trail out there can't even ride the sections. They're just like um but they're smart about it i mean right they're into it they love it they're they're a little bit older um they so they're want, just, like want limited by their notes. age right um but they're right. like fully like it's pretty cool they that that course was like so fun uh and i didn't get to ride the whole thing uh because they put the added sections in mm-hmm. which i like that that um that set up as well where you like first lap is extremely difficult but progressively harder and then the second loop they add sections in and that gets like to a whole another level uh i think that's that's cool in the the amount of checkpoints and stuff like that which is like a constant um debate and like hard is there's like checkpoints and scoring and all of these issues we have but no those are those are probably my two favorite u.s ones for the year nice and then
0: so you finished up this uh u.s series and then went over to romania
1: yep the day after the day after yeah so i did shotgun in pa and then the next day was my flight to romania wow and what did you do for your bike did you break that down ship it over or just suspension or just suspension and a couple like uh like protection parts that I thought would be I would want. Right. And then everything else you got over there, tires, mooses,
0: that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, it was all supplied by uh the guys I went through with the bike rental. And I got like a zero hour. It was a pretty good setup, you know, everything's expensive. But um Radu with Sherco Romania was like awesome. Like They have a shop in Sibiu like so I never even had to go to the paddock and like deal with the big crowds and the traffic and getting in and out of there um to like do until the last day which is the day we started in the paddock in Sibiu um until that day I had never been there because they have a shop in town and so you're like sitting in AC like nice shop like working on your bike and you know, they have a full fledged shop up front. So like all the parts you'd ever need or break. And, you know, I needed them. I've been a set of bars and stuff during that race. So. Oh, I think I saw a photo of that. Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> wasn't, it
0: wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you, you finish up over here, you
1: fly over there. Um, yeah, let's go through that. Yeah. I, uh, I actually kind of think I overextended myself a bit, uh, I, uh, shotgun was a hard race. Uh, it was really hard on me. I wasn't feeling like, well, I think nobody felt like they were riding good. That's just super hard to, uh, terrain, super hard to read the terrain and the rocks move. And it was slick from a little bit of rain we had the day before. So I was just like destroyed and then drove that night, like loaded all my stuff up in the trailer drove from PA to Ohio and then like immediately got to Ohio at like one in the morning. I slept till 3am. So I slept for two hours and then started working on my bike, pulling, like washing it, tearing it down, packing my bags. Um, and then flew out that next day and it destroyed me. Like I got sick really. And I'm not a traveler. Like I don't, and uh, that's something to be said, too, is, like, um, people that, I well, at least it's you know, kind of an opinion thing, but um, people that travel a lot are kind of exposed to a lot more, their immune system's exposed to a lot more stuff. Yeah, and I, think of, it's, I think it's valid. Yeah, they get used to it, but me, like, I was, like, I destroyed my body, no sleep, got on a plane with a bunch of sick people, apparently, and then um got to Romania was fine the first day and then just like lost it like fever 103 oh wow um like just destroyed sweating in my sleep like it was bad like I had like a pile of towels next to the bed and I was like um I would like put a towel down on the bed and like sleep for 20 minutes and I'd wake up sweating cold shivering take the towel off throw it on the floor put the next one down. And like fall asleep for twenty more minutes, Um, and that it was like that for the three days leading up to the race and the first three days of the race, Uh. Um, which was pretty heartbreaking. Uh, It was hard to like deal with like that mentally, like like shit. Like if I was home, I wouldn't even race. Right, I would have just like been like, I'm calling it and going home. Like I need to get this figured out, but. Putting all that time and money into getting over there and like you, you don't get a refund i feel like you're you're there like if i if you get hurt on the first day it's like over like that's another thing too is like it's a definitely a a battle of attrition um getting through that but um even when you're healthy like 100 healthy so um yeah, I, I I was dealing with that, and I had paid for two days of riding before the race um, to, like, break the bike in, get used to how, you know, even though it's the same bike, technically, um, everything's a little bit different, tweaking stuff, and yeah. getting used to the terrain out there, and I couldn't even do it. I got on the bike the day before the prologue, um, the, like, I went to Radu, and it, and I, I was like telling him what was going on. He's like, dude, like, you have to get out. And I was like, I don't think I can. He's like, you got to. like, you got to at least like break the brakes in. Right. Was, like, on a zero hour bike and like ride a couple hills. And like, like the prologue tomorrow, you got to figure this out. <laughs> so I, uh, I went out and it was like, I mean, I was trying to ride down a rut like just like easy freaking hell and it's like that you know you're out of the, the, your zone and like you just feel like the bike's just going everywhere like i'm like i can't even get the thing to point down the rut like it's just like i ride up the left side go right to the right side pulling pull me back and forth and i'm just like going for the ride i was like oh shit like <laughs> this isn't gonna be good um but that being said i got my adrenaline up um and, like, started to do some motos on a section I found, and uh, I was, like, wow, my, my adrenaline gets high, like, I think I can push through it, so I got the bike figured out a bit, adjusted my brakes, how I wanted them and stuff, and uh, went to the prologue, and actually, like, you know, you I've watched, I, I think almost everybody in the hard enduro stuff has, like, watched at least 100 videos of Romaniacs right ever it's like a no one's not seen videos uh and i think this year's prologue was like a bit tame for uh like what i've seen on video yeah Um, so that was nice for me because i was seeing doubles and like didn't even want to do it at all (laughs) uh and i qualified horrible um and uh, just went from there. But, like, uh, day one off road after – I think I qualified – and that, that's the other thing is, like, I was so, like, upset that – of where I was at and demoralized by the whole situation that I still haven't even looked at my, my times and compared them to other people for any section. I've never even been to the timing and scoring page. Like, I don't even – want to look um it, w- it became like all right i'm gonna finish right before when i going into it i was like if i don't get do a top 10 i'm gonna be pretty upset in silver that was my like mindset uh and then after that i got like i think i qualified 50 something 59th maybe and i was like oh well here's the start of this i guess we're just gonna push through uh and Uh, day one, like, like I said, like, once my adrenaline got up, it was, it was pretty okay. Like I could push through and physically felt like decent enough. And, you know, I don't know what what I had. I took a COVID test. It was negative, but doesn't really mean too, too much. Um, but day one off road, was eye-opening just from the downhill perspective. You know, you you all hear about the downhills and how ridiculous they are. It's true. Um, And this goes back to what I was saying before, like, you know, talking to Stearns and talking to a couple other people that are um, like multi-time Romaniacs finishers. Uh, They they just pound this stuff into you but you you don't you don't know until you get there right you really don't and uh the downhills are long and they're steep but they're rideable and there's a way to do it and i learned from watching people during the race which is an ideal um <laughs> like during the race like what as someone passes you you're like oh shit okay i think i get that like their body position is a little different than what I'm used to, and uh, they're braking so hard that their front suspension is compressed, um, to the point of only having three inches left. Ah, yeah, and consistent, like, like they're just riding consistently down the hill with their suspension compressed to within three inches of the bottom. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, you can break hard on this stuff, like, there's traction there um because the the hills seem to be the perfect pitch like I'm not a snow person but I know people talk about like er, something being the perfect pitch for avalanches it's like Mm -hmm. a whatever degree slope it's like the same idea with this I think like it is the perfect pitch to hold soil still so it's like all dirt like not much rock there with trees growing on it um but really steep like i don't understand exactly how stuff doesn't get like i don't know if they don't get super heavy rains like i know it rains there but they don't get like monsoon type rainstorms because the washes on the virgin hills are like there's no like they're everything's perfect hmm. you know what i mean so it's it's just you're looking down a like, like a, a very steep hill for forever, like going down for you know a downhill where the bike breaks off for five minutes. Wow, um, is that's hard on your on your body too, like holding position, and then you get out of you're like I'm getting tired. I think I'm like like maybe I can sit down for a second, and then you sit down. You're like no, nope, can't sit down. Stand back up. <laughs> get back in position. <laughs> like you need to hold that that spot, and then uh so getting used to the downhills was the big thing and uh not racing it like it's a three-hour race right um was another deal uh so I was learning that whole first day was like uh definitely a learning experience um and then after the race day one I, I was just back to smoke like as soon as like I, I went through the finish and I was like, Oh, I think I'm gonna pass out. Like I think I'm done, like, like it's over. Like I don't think day two's happening. Right. Like I was so confident all day long on the bike, and then like as soon as it was over, I was like, shit, like back to reality. Like tomorrow is like a whole nother story. Right. Um but it was the same like Mesa was there with me and she was like I felt bad for her because like I was a basket case like literally she's I mean she was doing everything but carrying me around in a basket like I couldn't go out to eat well I didn't I didn't want to go out to eat either because um you know I'm I'm like feeling like shit like I don't want to get any other people sick either um so she was getting like there was a steakhouse around the corner she's getting me like food from there carry out bring it back to the place i'm like laying there on my side dead and she's like lays the food next to me and i'm just like laying there like need i need to eat i don't want to eat right just trying to get shit in me and uh it was just kind of that repetitive motion for the next three days. Uh, and every day feeling slightly better, for sure. Uh, and getting used to the train. Uh, like every day just felt better and better and better. Um, and we. Ne- it was really dry too. Like there was a, a huge, uh, just looking at the finishing, uh, And this is just hearsay as far as I know, because like I said, I, I seriously haven't looked at the, at the results at all. So, but I've heard that it's typically a 30% finish rate for silver class, which is the class I was doing. Um, and this year it was like 70%. So it was like flipped, um, a lot more finishers, um, a lot faster. I think than normal um i i most likely if we would have had rain it would have been like a really a big struggle for me to even finish because from what i hear those hills deteriorate pretty rapidly um when it's wet right and that's why you get the only 30 people finishing um or you know after 30 people go through a section, it becomes very, very difficult to even get through, let alone be competitive. Right. Uh, But yeah, so I kind of lucked out on that. I'd say, I mean, I wasn't in any place to be like making it harder on myself, even though if I was healthy, I would have been saying that the whole time. Like I wish it was harder. Like not hard enough. Like I'd be saying that I know I would have been, uh, cause it was like relatively easy. Um, Once you figured out the downs, um, there was really like, I never came around a corner on an uphill and was like, oh, where do I go? Like, where's the line? Um, It was always just like, oh, I guess this is it here. And like, obviously downhills go forever. Uphills also go forever, but nothing crazy. Right. So it was a crazy experience. It was, was, I definitely recommend it. To anybody who likes that style of thing like it is very much a rally um if you don't like if you hate transferring from one hard neuro section to another hard neuro section uh it might not be the race for you because there is a lot of transfer like a lot of like just trail right yeah that's kind of the the
0: cool part it seems about that race on some level too it's like you're riding i don't know exact mileage right because it's in kilometers but probably 60 miles roughly yeah, 60. Say, you know give or take
1: yeah which is a lot a day. it's yeah. a lot yeah it adds up yeah no the the first day i think was 110 or 120 kilometers um and they were kind of all over the place as far as mileage goes but I think every day I think I was I was finishing like right around like 1 or 2 p.m. I think and it's they're early mornings too yeah so get ready for that like yeah. <laughs> like you know 4 30 waking up and I'm like walking from our Airbnb down to the shop to get a ride out to the starting line and it's dark fully dark for You know, just after four in the morning, um, I just like shoved some oatmeal and granola and yogurt in my face and, uh, got out the door and I'm like walking around like, man, only people like, it's just me and the stray cats out here right now, (laughs) (laughs) like both, both hungry looking for, for the next thing to do. But, um, yeah, it was, it's pretty intense it's something that like i said everybody if you're interested in it it's expensive but if you can figure it out it's worth doing with it being
0: that long on the bike i mean it was probably five to seven hours roughly a day yeah down. yeah yeah what what did you do different um for nutrition than you would for like a three to four hour race
1: um so I would have been doing a lot better. So that's the other thing that um, the uh, rental company I used was really awesome about, because every day you have a 20 minute mandatory um, stop. So you get a a 20 minute break in the middle of the day at one of the, you go through a checkpoint, they stick a sticker to the side of your helmet with your in time, like check in time and then You just add 20 minutes to that and that's your checkout time. And there's a checkpoint on the other side of that, um, that you, um, you start on your minute going out the other side 20 minutes later. So like in that check, like those guys were like on it. Like, I mean, you pull in, they're like waving you down. Like you pull over and they're like anything wrong with the bike. Can you like tell them if like, you know, bent your shifter, like whatever needs replaced they throw the bike on the stand, lube the chain, air filter if it needs it, like, and then they have, like, a whole smorgasbord out there with, like, food and stuff, um, I was eating, I, I really had no desire to eat the whole time, it was a big challenge, um, being sick with that, too, so I was, like, um, I was really just, like, looking at the big table stuff, and, like, just whatever, like, caught my eye, I was, I was not even thinking about as far as like like all that stuff we talked about before with like training and and getting all my stuff figured out and like what i need to eat before and during and all that i, I was at the point where i was seriously just like i need to need i need calories right like i need i would look at the table and be like okay there's some watermelon there like that looks like i could eat it and not puke um like, I really was having a hard time with anything that I needed to chew a lot. <laughs> like, I would, like, start to, like, get sick on it. Right. So uh, granola bars were out, like, a lot of goose then. Yeah. Because um, that was, like, quick and easy, and I didn't have to chew it. Um, and I, I had those, like, on my bars, too. But with it being so fast, like, I really felt like I really – like I was expecting to have at least one time where I'd be like coming around a corner and be like, I feel like I need a quick break. Um, and like, I'd pull the thing off my bar and like take a goo real quick, but that never happened one time. I had the same hammer, um, gels on my bars at the end of the race on day five that I did when I started the race. Uh. I never stopped one time to like take a a break like that right so i was really just eating a big breakfast as as much as i could get in and then that 20 minute break whatever i could find so it it, it became definitely just uh it changed from like a precision effort which makes sense in a way because you're going from i mean i think you hear that too with like a lot of the ultra guys like the the long distance, um, long distance hikers and um, long distance runners and stuff, where they're just kind of like everything kind of goes out the window, and they're just looking for like calories, right? Um, and that's kind of the boat I was in. I, I my plan was to just, um, because my my watch was saying with that much time on the bike. i I really still was not going too crazy um like my heart rate wasn't super high all day um and i wasn't burning i was burning like the same calories i'd burn in a three-hour race in five hours if that makes sense yeah at least that's what my my like stuff was telling me right um but yeah it, so it wasn't i had no good answers for that i was just like dying yeah more, more just survival and not you
0: know um from a nutrition standpoint at least
1: yeah yeah and then after the races it was like gangbusters like oh um, there was the food was hard for us there like we never, like the last day we were there, we found the places where we're like, oh, like now we know where to go to eat. Right. But like leading up to that, like, I mean, there's one time we like saw Graham at a restaurant and we're like, oh, that's got to be good. Like he's eating there. Then we went there and we were like, um, I don't know what to get here because like everything's kind of shit. Not like bad food, but like unhealthy food or like right um so i I was like and it's also everyone speaks english um which was awesome i didn't think that would be the case so every restaurant we went to you kind of like be a little more difficult uh you could like change your order or be like i don't want i have a problem with red sauce yeah um I don't know red sauce for me while during that like any type of hard physical activity really screws with me so um like pasta with no sauce and I was like eating a lot of chicken and just piling it in yeah and and with the early starts that's the other thing is like there's no um I mean if you're a if you're a regular person as far as uh, bowel movements like uh, I don't typically go to the restroom before 4 a.m. So, like, I was trying to eat as early as I possibly could, like, get off the bike and, like, get food in. Because then, like, you don't want to be, like, uh, like 7 a.m., like, an hour into the race. Like, okay, now it's my time. Like, right. I need to, like, use the restroom and, like, pull off somewhere, which was, like, a problem a lot of people were having for other reasons. There was a lot of food poisoning going around as well. Hmm i think it um i don't know the exact details but i know there's a lot of stomach bugs going around a lot of people i think alfredo gomez was was out with the stomach issue yeah uh, so even the top guys weren't spared from that situation yeah yeah
0: very eventful week yeah sounds like it so you uh, are you planning on going back next year
1: um, I don't think so I think I'm taking a year off I don't I have no desire to do silver again um I just don't I did it and um I wish I would have got the result I was looking for um uh but I would like to sometime in the future do a gold push yeah. um I'm not ready for that and I won't be ready for it next year uh, and even, like, even that to me is, like, it's it's really, like, it's a hard enduro for sure, um, but it's also a dangerous enduro. Like, I think just hearing some stories, uh, stories from Nick Farringer, who was over there uh, racing this year, and we were renting from the same company, so we were had some conversations and stuff um there's like a lot of situations they put you in in gold where it's like a, a zero mistake zone so right it sounds like like, like yeah if, die. right if people don't know
0: nick uh Ferringer won silver last year right yeah last year yep. not first place and then this year race gold class
1: yeah and, and that's uh, what it's
0: his first year doing gold yeah
1: and he he uh, had a few issues, uh, but finished three finished three of the four days. Yeah, but it was just it wasn't lack of uh, well you'd have to talk to him about it really, but um, yeah, I mean he's an extremely good rider, like extremely good, and he was having some problems, and uh, that was. Uh, a little eye-opening as well because that's somebody I you can compare yourself to like a lot of those guys are uh, like I've raced um, in the same races as Nick enough times that I can look at our times and look at um, that kind of stuff and be like okay that's the gap between us right but um, really for most of us the only race um, we could do that with any of the other guys that race that other than Tristan, who, like, it's, like, good luck measuring that gap. Uh, (laughs) Need a longer tape measure. Uh, But uh, would be TKO. Like, Tennessee knockout's the only time we get to see those guys, really. Uh, And it's just such a different race. Like, And they talk about that. Like, TKO could not – like, if I had to pick the polar opposite – of Romania it would be TKO. Hmm. So that's a hard comparison. Right. Um, just because TKO is a sprint, multiple sprints, like separated, even though some people wouldn't call an hour a sprint, but it's a sprint. It's a sprint. Yeah. Compared to a six hour race. Right. Um yeah. So it was gold would be awesome, but it seems a little far away right now. But um, that being said, it's also like, you know, if you're very frugal, it is very cheap in Romania. Uh, like food's cheap. Uh, I think my taxi, my 20 minute taxi ride from the airport to the Airbnb was like $2. Oh, wow. Um, it's like minimum wage is $2 and something American. Uh, it's a very uh, it's not poor um, not extremely impoverished but everything's really cheap cheap food so once you get there it's not terrible but just the entry fees and uh, there's a lot of like um, little things that were like weird like having Mesa with me was awesome but I had set it up and uh most people that don't know us don't know that like that's like more or less Mace is a planner for her job like she's like planning on how to do stuff so I planned this half of the trip and I am not a planner um I am like the guy that shows up on the starting line and they're like oh like uh you don't know what you're doing and I'm like nope tell me what I'm doing. They're like going for three (laughs) hours. I'm like, sweet. Sounds good. See you in three hours. (laughs) Right. Um, but, uh, like as far as like getting the accommodation with the hotel, like included in the entry, there's like some weird stuff with like adding somebody. So like you initially your, your payment is with another, you share a room with another racer is like the first price. And you can pay more to get your own room, but then you can pay more to have somebody, uh, like a significant other, stay with you in that room. But it's like seems a little bit shy to me, because like we're we sleep in the same bed, right? Like it's not like we're looking for like an extra like a room with two beds now, right? So why does the price change? And they're like, oh well, um, she's gonna be like in there with you. And I'm like, yeah, but well, that doesn't really answer the question now, does it? Like we don't pay like, cause it's like a lot more. So we ended up getting an Airbnb on, I had bought the accommodation and then I bought an air, well, we rented an Airbnb um, on top of that. Oh, cause wow. it was cheaper than getting everything changed over. Huh. Uh, with that so there's a bunch of like weird stuff like that. And uh, the night we did like the one night, I think it was, yeah, off-road day, in between off-road day two and three, we spent a night in a different town called Ronca. Um, you like ride out, up into the mountains, high elevation, like ski town type deal. And you stay the night there. Um, and then start there. You end there day two, start there, day three. Um, And that whole situation was like a little strange. Uh, You know, it's definitely not America. Um, there's, There's a lot going on. It's like, well, it just seems like I paid a lot of money to be like staying in a weird place like this, even though we were supposed to stay in a tent, which I'm stoked that didn't happen. they changed it like the 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 bivouac night yeah i was not like i actually like going back to not being a planner like i showed up in romania with like my sleeping bag and tent everyone's like you know we're not camping right and i was like nope finding out right now (laughs) they're like no they changed it We're, we're staying in this other town instead of camping i was like sweet like sounds good but uh Yeah, there's, like, a whole lot to learn. And I I knew that was going to be the case, and I'm glad. I think it's necessary to whatever – wherever you think you're at, whether you think – you like, if you're a B-rider, like, if you're a middle-of-the-pack B-rider, I think bronze would be an awesome decision. If you're, like, torn between bronze and silver, um, it's, like, a tough call. But if you only plan on going once, it makes it even harder right but if you plan on like maybe like i want to do this more than once like i definitely just go with the um like go with the lower class and right. work your way into it just um for you and your loved one's sanity because <laughs> it is a vacation you know you know like yeah, it's the destination ride. yeah you, you there was definite times I was like, man, I kind of wish I was on like, just chilling with Radu, like on one of his tours right, and like doing some of these hard climbs and stuff on the side. Right. Uh, Cause it's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to be paying that much cash. I mean, I mean, talk to different people, they say different things. I, I say 10 to 14, 10 to 14 K is what it is. Um that's a lot. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. For a bike. I could have stayed home and bought a bike. Game game a dirt bike. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's definitely yeah, one of those things. It's it's destination ride, it's for some, and it's you know, if you want to do it, something to check out the list or go experience. But um, yeah, we we have some friends locally who have it a couple years now um, and they've had similar you know they've started off in bronze class and I think a couple have dropped to iron and a couple have kind of remained in bronze and just every year you know chipped away yeah. the finish and then finally gotten a finish but it's three or four years of going over and, and doing it you know
1: yeah I think bronze is a really good class from what I hear and what I see I mean it's the class with the most people in it I think I think bronze and iron. Uh, have the most entries, um, and then silver. Uh, I forget, I don't even know how many entries there were this year. I think it was a couple hundred. Um, I mean, it's challenging. Uh, it's scary. There's stuff you have to do. Like, I mean, you can go through fast-moving water in like a mountain river uh that's seat or not seat deep but very deep uh and risk drowning your bike or you can hit a freestyle jump That's like uh, a a four foot yeah probably like a four foot like I'm sure everybody's seen them there's a company that makes like ones that you can you can just buy them online and they're like kits but they said that they love those things love the freestyle jumps I saw it and I was like sweet, sweet, sweet. Like, I guess we're going to figure this out now. Yeah, right. jump. That looks like this for the first time in my life over a creek. Uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was all good and fine. And, uh, but there's definitely that spectator element where they're like, and there really wasn't much. Like, I feel like it was pretty tame. Uh like seeing like some of the sh- the shit they used to put you through, like in the videos, like the wooden features yeah. where you come like to the end of the day and there'd be like some crazy like wall. You have to like stay on the wall to get over something or whatever. There really wasn't much of that. Mm. It's kind of, uh, I was like not um, upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> but day four, day four has some stuff day four there's like some teeter totters and it was all pretty simple if you kept your uh like mental game together and didn't like freak out uh was a bronze rider right in front of me that took a a deep dive which gave me a bunch of confidence um like got to the very top of the teeter totter that's like eight feet tall or yeah probably like six to eight feet tall and uh was a shorter gentleman and tipped over off the top and was fine but bikes emerged Um, and that's like like two miles from the the finish line hill climb on Uh, day five goodness so that's like to have something like that happen would be pretty brutal especially if you couldn't get it back going right but that's where you end your race you don't get a finisher pin because two miles from the finish you drown your bike over a teeter-totter like are they that, experienced? Would be, <laughs> that would, that'd be pretty that'd be pretty crappy yeah oh for sure so you come
0: back romaniacs and then how long
1: till to uh i think it was about it was two weeks um so we got back into cleveland where we left all our stuff at my my parents house and uh had to do our our family rounds uh you know all that family stuff you know lunches and dinners every single day with a bunch of different people yeah. and they're all trying to get you to drink alcohol and eat a bunch of crappy food so it was it was a struggle um to stay like um acting like you had a race an important race coming up in two weeks right um but then we cruised down to Tennessee and uh got rained out for three days where we were trying to ride um so the first time I rode uh, was the prologue since Romaniacs since Romaniacs so I went through the finish Romaniacs and then I went through the start of TKO <laughs> <laughs> nice um And it worked out kind of, um, I love like TKO was awesome. I think that's such a cool event. And, um, the straight rhythm in Nashville was like pretty awesome to see. Like a lot of people put a lot of time, effort, and money into that experience. And I think it was like, awesome. Yeah. It's super good for the sport. There were so many people, like, I saw like so many, like, um, people that had no idea what was going on uh gain interest in it and like they 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 saw whether they saw the practice and then came back and or like would be like hey like like when's the main or whatever and they would come back for the main like three hours later nice and they don't even know i mean all they've probably seen is like supercross on tv or something right Um, so it was cool to see interest in people looking up videos of, uh, I was sitting next to one guy and, uh, they were like looking the people up as they were announcing him <laughs> And, uh, it was pretty cool to see that, like some exposure for sure. Yeah. Nice. Cause I know that was difficult. Like I know, like, uh, Eric Bernard and a lot of other people had a big part in that. And, I thank them for, for doing that for our sport and everybody involved. Um, but then like TKO itself is such a progressive race and they did a really good job, a better job this year. Every everything's getting dialed in. Like hard enduro is a growing, evolving sport in the beginning stages still. And um you can see it it's fast um at, at some point there's going to be a plateau where we start to figure shit out but we're not there yet right um and uh like the beginning races were harder so because they only take uh what is it, it a hundred and somewhere between 100 and 200 people there's a lot of racers too uh 500 people i think um so they only take like top 200 into the second race. So there's 300 people that are showing up to race that first race. And that's important. Like you got to give them a ride. Right. You don't want, you don't want them to go out and have, they're there for a hard era Like they're not there for a hair scramble. Right. So you got to make sure that's like um, good for them. But yeah. Uh, and had I mean, that's, I feel like that's
0: you know it's the amateurs and you know that grow the sport and that's got to be such a hard thing from a promoter or race designers standpoint right like what's too hard what's hard enough and that yeah like the spectrum's so crazy oh yeah that you need to provide so yeah hats off to everybody that does it because yeah it's a hard thing
1: yeah it's, it's hard and um yeah it's and then you have to deal with weather right like you have to be like conscious that like now this section's impossible like like for for anybody but the top 10 like for the top 25 i should say at that race um uh so it's yeah it's definitely difficult they did an amazing job um i had a very good time um bad qualifying, like we talked about at the beginning. Uh like for the second race, the one that really met, or like the second qualifying uh prologue that was into for Sunday. Um just botched it straight up. Met three tries at the hill climb. You can't do that on a on a 20-minute loop. Right. You just can't. Um it just destroys you like as soon as I missed it the first time, I was like, well looks like I'm starting in the back. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think I was in the 50s somewhere after qualifying. And I was really thinking it was 100% possible we needed to make the top 30 um, and at least get into that LCQ straight rhythm, at heart, uh, the Enduro Cross straight rhythm. Uh, and I think I would have, looking at the times, And, like, kind of – I can only guess my time because I timed out. Um, But looking at them, I think I could have been – I would have been in the top 30 and pretty close to, like, maybe, like, 27th, like, on the front half of that. Um, But timed out, like, 30 yards from the finish. They were like, stop. Um, You're done. Took my transponder. I looked at my watch. And I looked at the times of the people in the, in that LCQ and I was like, I started like 15 minutes behind those guys. And, uh, timed out, like they, like the last guy had just finished and like went like through the finish and into the straight rhythm. Uh, Um, And he started like in the thirties. Um, so that was pretty, uh, you know, there's a lot of like hard, uh, situations with all that, but um, I know that I have that ability. Um, that being said, I was pretty done. Uh, so if I would have, well, if I would have gotten the LCQ, I would have promptly lost uh, to James Flynn, uh, who is like an awesome rider, awesome dude, and uh, I I ride with him a bit. Down in Arizona in the winter and stuff, and um, yeah, he's he's getting it figured out, and uh, he deserved to be in that top twenty-five, and it would have it would have came through either way, um, and I'm just not there yet, but uh, I'm working on it, and the the goal next year is like straight up like there's no way I'm not making that top twenty-five in TKO unless like something happens, something horrible happens um uh but yeah like and then you get to watch that because like you know mere mortals can't make that top 15 for the next race for the final um so everyone but 15 guys gets to go out and watch those guys battle it out yeah and uh do the lines that you were struggling with um in ways that you didn't think were possible um so it's it's super fun like the whole experience like i think it's like one of the cooler events in the in the world i really do because it's it's got it all like you get your full weekend of racing in and then you get to watch the top guys battle it out on like some really cool train. So right it's yeah an and, awesome not, weekend.
0: and not just the top guys in the us anymore i mean now it's yeah. part of the
1: West Series. Like it's best in the world yeah yeah and it's i think it's deserving of that being i think it's deserving of the west there's some people that that might argue that point right (laughs) that they think it, it might not be worthy of that west series but i think it is um i think that being said there's other races in the united states that are worthy of the of the west being a west round right um, uh like grinding stone definitely has the like the grandeur uh of like a world stage event like I mean, it's a destination where like tennessee is like a cool place for sure right. but um I mean, just like Antelope Canyon and all that, like cool red, like nowhere else in the world, really. You get that red rock like that than like the Southwest United States. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a unique venue, unique place. Yeah. So um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to see the progress of everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially with where it's come even the last couple of years. Yeah, from nothing. Basically, right from like three independent runs yeah, um, and some like locals that were like kind of like known for being hard hair scrambles, right. And then they're like, okay, I think we should make the move to harden duro, like an actual harden duro, in 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 uh like advertise it as that. Uh, it's awesome to see it grow, and I'm excited to be a part of it and like here for it yeah exactly so what do you got coming up um so i was supposed to do outliers in canada um and that would have been my third fim round of the year which would have been pretty sweet like to get like not that it would be even cooler if i was gold because then i could get gold points you know which is pretty it'd be pretty cool to like because i think three rounds even if you don't finish good you could probably get a top 20 there's not that many guys, um, go into three rounds. Right. You're in, like obviously when you get to the top, everyone goes everywhere. Right. But, um, uh, your like privateer status basically. Yeah. yeah. It'd yeah. just be cool to see that like world ranking result, even if it's last. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like, like 31st out of 31 gold class FIM points would be like, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we're not doing that. We kind of like, I mean, it's just been such a wild year. Uh, so much travel 50,000 miles on our, on our truck and camper this year. Um, total three weeks being home in the last seven months. Wow. Uh, but mainly due to racing, but some work stuff too. And uh, so we got back, and then this uh sea to sky thing fell into our laps, and and me and Mesa are doing sea to sky. Well, Mesa's on the fence about it. We're both going to be over there, um, and. Like after that happened, and we're going to be gone for the entire basically month of October, we're going to be there for like two and a half weeks. Uh, We decided that like we can't just drive to Canada right now. We got to like do some, we got to try to be like responsible for at least like three. I think three weeks out of the year is pretty good. Yeah. Like three out of 52 of responsibility. Yeah. At least it sets the bar though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can only go more responsible from here. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, uh, Outliers is out. And uh, to be honest, like, uh, big hill climbs. Another, um, I love Bent Night Brawl, uh, but it's, this race has Bent Night Brawl vibes. And I'm a rock guy. Like, I like rocks. Yeah. um, And uh, I don't think that'll ever change. Hill climbs are fun. but I just didn't have the allure that like see this guy has. Yeah, no, for sure. That race would always look cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're stoked on that. That's coming up, uh, October 6th, we head out there and then I think it's the actual race starts like in on the, maybe the 18th through the 20th of October, middle end of October is the race. Um, so we're like definitely getting, very excited about that and then that'll be the last race of the year then i get an actual off season um and actually do the things i want to do without having to like turkey i'm still gonna try like this last bit i've kind of fallen off of like training and stuff um for sure like it's been insane and then i was still i mean when i got back from romania and i was putting my bike back together i was like I was putting, I put the forks back on the bike and I was like, this was two days after I got home. And it was a long trip too, cause we use points and you know, you get ping ponged all over the world yeah. trying to get back to Cleveland. Um, so I, it was two days after that. And I'm putting the, I put the forks on the bike and like, I go into the bathroom to wash my hands. And I was like, man, I'm just I'm so tired right now. And I like sat down on the toilet seat just so I could like wash my hands. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, like, I am, like, literally destroyed right now. Like, I just feel, like, tired 24-7. And I'm finally getting out of that now. So, I'm ready to get back to training, get to see this guy thing through, and, like, hit it hard this offseason. Yeah.
0: What are your um, main plans this offseason? Like, Um, if you had – like, from all the experience you've gained this year, like, what would be kind of the lowest hanging fruit that you're looking to improve for next season?
1: Well, um, you know, everyone loves doing the things they, they love doing on the bike. And um, that's typically coincides perfectly with what people are good at. Mm-hmm. Um, so hill climbs, it's a problem. It's a big problem for me. I'm horrible at them. Like, what what kind are you thinking like because
0: i mean i would assume romania has a shit ton of hill climbs but they're different right they're kind of tic-tac switchbacks working up yeah, like, or like Bentonite, night which is just full
1: blast from the bottom yeah more like more like bent night brawl style uh hill climbs um and just really just wide open like you let off and you're done type right. type stuff uh it doesn't matter like fist size rocks bowling ball size rocks loose sand bet night clay um hill climbs in general like is it a, a, a spot i fall short rock gardens all day long i love it and i'm good at it at least better than that uh than hill climb stuff so definitely need to like train and practice with that stuff um and i'll be in arizona again for for the winter so um perfect weather and uh lots of training
0: yeah there's a couple loose loose hills in Arizona
1: yeah there's a few um yeah I'm gonna have to like just it's it's like you don't like doing it like it sucks to go out and just like and and it's not my favorite thing like I could play trial style um on like like I'm like, I'm like a little kid that gets like a you know they say they get like a nice new thing for Christmas or whatever, and then like all day long they play with like a stick. like that's my mentality, where like I could have like three boulders various sizes, and i I could enjoy myself with those three boulders, like all day long, trying different things, try to wheel wheel tap them try to like nose pivot off one like rich larson's style like riding uh trials riding on a big bike um i love it like endless i just do it all day long i don't get bored of it right uh, so of course that's what i progress at and then hill climbing, i'm like uh i don't know if i'm gonna make it to the top of that so i'm just not gonna try <laughs> right like like when in, in in training like which is awesome like that's why I, I hope to get linked up with james again down there and he pushes me it's so important um, it's so important to have somebody that's better than you um like to ride with at least sometimes like you i guarantee anyone that goes out and rides with people better than them will show more progress than the person that's going out alone or with only people that are worst riders yeah no 100 um so yeah i need to do that and then fitness is is a constant like it doesn't matter how fit you are it doesn't matter um like it's important it's it's potentially it's equally important as as skill um and bike setup and everything else, like, so I need to work on that. Like everybody does. Yeah. Um, And that's where like the off seasons, like, I mean, you can train on the bike in between races, like go on rides and and do that type of stuff, but you can't really like, um, show like big gains of physical improvement during the season. Um, especially when you're just destroying yourself in, in the long traveling and uh, working and everything else going on. Like the off season is the time to like kind of put a foot down and like take a step back and be like, um, all right, like I need to like go in the gym and do stuff because like it's, it's just necessary. You got to do it at a certain level. Once you get to a certain level. For sure. So I definitely
0: plan on doing that
1: stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, you
0: have a limited amount of, um, well, time and energy and in season, you need to reserve that for the competition floor essentially. And so, you know, you're not going to be spending your weekdays just going and crushing yourself and then hoping to recover in time. You're right. You're at best maintaining what you've built out or started with at the beginning of the season
1: yeah at best,
0: yeah. and so, um, I don't know. I always think of it that way. It's like you're you're building up your fitness, you're building up your strength, and then during the off season, and then you use it. and essentially it you know parts of it stay, parts of it go away. you get str- or better in some areas just with the riding that you are doing and stuff, and you get um not as good in the areas that you're kind of not using on the bike, but are so necessary just to stay injury-free you know hopefully obviously that can't be completely controlled but definitely help mitigate um overuse injuries and all that stuff yeah super important
1: yeah no i'm it's it's huge yeah i'm it's something i've severely um like tried to avoid it like it seems (laughs) like like i'm like no i'm not that i'm not that it's also easy like it's it's easy to like sub even subconsciously have like feel like it's an out for you like you do bad at a race and then you talk to somebody about it you're like oh no i'm just that guy like i don't even i don't even train that hard and like i'm 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 doing really good for somebody that doesn't train really hard yeah it's like easy to fall into that like yeah um have it's like you find yourself excuses without even thinking about it
0: yeah no for sure and i i mean i think there's a lot of that for people who just don't race as well yeah you know um oh i don't i don't want to race because it costs the money or i don't want to race because the traveler i don't and it's like yeah maybe
1: yeah maybe you're scared to see where you stack up yeah yep um yeah i know a couple yeah, I got a couple stories about that. <laughs> of people that are just like... Or people that get like hit up and like... Like they're... Say they're Instagram people or whatever. They go to a race finally and they post something small about it. And then everyone's like, where'd you place? Where'd you place? Where'd you place? It's like the comments are just like, <laughs> like... And they're like, man, like, why does everyone want to know how I did? It's like, because you... Man, you talk a big game on here. You got yeah. like, to like... Everyone wants to see comment. like... Like, if you're actually good or not. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> like, that's, like, really, it's, it is the end-all, be-all. Competition is the... I mean, that's why we do it. That's why it exists. It's to see where you stack up in the world against everyone else that does the stuff you do. And also make connections. And I mean, we've met so many good, awesome people. Um, and, you know, everyone's is relatively like-minded um like typically if you take everybody that likes hardened and put them in a room everybody's gonna get along because we all like the same stuff we okay. all do the same things like it's just like nature um so it's cool to like this. just so many good people uh, yeah. we've met through racing yeah and i i mean i definitely don't want
0: to come off like racing's the end all be all but I do think there's something to say for getting out of your comfort zone you know whether that's trying new new trails new techniques doing the the hill climbs when you don't want to do them right like there's so many ways to go about continually pushing yourself but I I think that part of it's super important like yeah. not letting yourself settle and it doesn't even have to be dirt bike. It could be any part of your life, but at some point you need to do things that like make you nervous yep. again, because for whatever reason, it's like when you get out of high school or quit playing sports or quit trying new things, you lose that. Like I know so many people that have gone years without doing anything that like
1: makes them really nervous. Yeah.
0: And yeah, I think you need to keep doing that for as long as
1: possible. Yeah. it's super good for you. Um, yeah, it's definitely good for your mental health and, and everything like, like difficult pursuits make you feel better in your everyday life, whether that's in the gym or, uh, dirt biking or doing whatever you like to do, hiking, whatever, like you hike to the top of a mountain. That's like super gnarly. And then you, you get back down and it's like cold or like shit weather and like you're miserable. Um, and you succeed and you do it and then you get home and then you look at the pile of dirty clothes sitting on your floor and you're like well i just climbed the fucking mountain like i can clean those clothes like it's no problem like (laughs) (laughs) yeah like everything else is like better and easier and, and it makes your whole life better and like that's something that i think we all find in in hard technical dirt bike riding is uh that sense of um dif- overcoming difficulties and and a yeah it's it's really awesome it's a, it's a good time yeah
0: and i i feel like there's the same that same feeling is what you can accomplish through gym training and and hard exercise and stuff like that because it it's at the end of the day it's the same thing if you put yourself in situations that are challenging or maybe you don't think you can finish or or whatever but then you do you you start to gain all these small wins right and all that stuff just starts to build up over time and the trivial things that used to set you off or fly off the handle about just kind of settle down and they get put in perspective a lot more
1: yeah yeah and i don't know it's it's a very strange thing that um that with working out it doesn't it's it's it goes across so many different fields but like with working out you could be at the beginning and just be like i don't want to do this at all um i i i hate this i don't like it um i feel awkward uh i don't know what i'm doing i look stupid what does everyone think i like um and then you get done with it and you're like you know i actually feel pretty good like i wonder why i was thinking all that stuff before um and the more you do that the more you get used to that you, the the less of the disconnect there is and that goes with like healthy eating too like you, it's so easy to fall into patterns if like you you get so it's like the you know the the frog boiling in the pot you know thing like you like slowly fall off the wagon of eating healthy yep. and you don't realize what's happening And then, um, you're like, I mean, I don't feel terrible. I think I can keep this up. I think a few more candy bars wouldn't hurt me. Like it's not a big deal. Like, um, I didn't feel too bad on the bike today uh, or whatever. Uh, and then you like eat healthy for three days and you're just like, I'm just going to do it. And then you like wake up that third, even the third day of like, like cutting out the sugar, even just like cutting out sugar, say, and you wake up that third day and you're like, you know what? Like, why, why do I feel so good right now? You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's, it happens. And it's like weird that we like, you you can't see that from the other side. Totally. Cause if you could, everyone
0: would just do it. Yeah. I don't, I think people are so disconnected from how good they could feel. Yeah. You know, like you, you slowly, like you're saying, you almost slowly work yourself into this area, which is where you are now, or you know your current state. But if you don't know what you could be feeling, um, it's hard to imagine because you are just kind of are where you are, and this is what I do, and I get by, and I'm pretty
1: good at this. And yeah, we're we're definitely better at dealing with stuff than changing stuff. Yeah, like dealing with the way we feel than changing the way we feel. Just yeah easy. totally well change is scary change is hard change takes effort yeah yeah but yeah so it's everybody feels a little more of it a little more, <laughs> a
0: little more change
1: a little more change even if it goes the wrong way then you know yeah right maybe you feel too Try weird. something and you're like I, like you know i i tried doing this and like i hate it well now you know <laughs> don't like you don't like hard and drill racing yeah right <laughs> you go back to the hair scrambles like now you know you don't like it so you you're a better person for it now Still now you can know. and you can talk about it and be educated too which is a big part of like just being um like just not just talking i i try so hard not to talk out of place um like I wouldn't talk about stuff I know nothing of, or try not to talk about stuff I know nothing about because um, it's just like that's now you're not going to do it like you need to like stay in your in your zone and then like once you do the thing then you can talk about it right because it it's like motivate an extra motivation to like try new things and expand yourself um, in everything totally and there's something to say for I mean I've
0: you know I've done this as well but had something that I really wanted to do that I've even put some thought into and then I've talked about it and even just talking about it you get a little bit of that like uplift like oh yeah like that's pretty cool and then but now you've said it and you get that little dopamine rush or whatever it is and then it kind of goes away in a day or two and then there's not as much follow through and potentially that thing never happens yeah and it's a crazy thing that like just by talking about something like that um you know we're yeah we're crazy things that are walking yeah that you yeah, so lose the drive to follow get that follow-through done right and that
1: and that is why it's so important to surround yourself with good people um uh, just in every everything because that like no one has um discipline every single day like we need motivation uh, it's 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 a it's a good thing like you, you can't get you can't rely on motivation you need discipline um but like you surround yourself with the right people and you find yourself making better decisions because like you said you talk about something that like you sit there and talk to somebody that's like like have a conversation about riding and then you're like well what are you doing tomorrow like you're stoked on it like and right. then you're like oh i don't know we should go what do you want to do like okay let's go out and let's go do a super hard dirt bike ride like okay i'll go with you and like that's way better than like sitting around and being like you know uh there's a new there's like a, a super crosses on tv this weekend uh let's go to the bar and uh drink some beers and watch those guys that um talk about stuff better than we did <laughs> yeah,
0: no totally um yeah environment's so important
1: yeah so i liked i, I think i'm figuring that out now after 27 years I'm starting to um figure out that there's some people I probably shouldn't hang out with um uh, okay. and other people that are really really good for me and uh it sounds a little bit selfish but um it, it's just uh the way to make it not selfish is to be really good for them
0: right yeah what is it the sum of the five people you you are the sum of the five people you hang around with or something like that yeah and I've always, well, not always, in the most recent years, been like, not only do I want to have be the sum of the five people I hang around, so surround myself with good people, but I'd also like to be put in that category for other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah.
0: So anyways, lifelong pursuits for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Joe Namath. Uh, somebody said who's I talking to whatever and they were like they thought that your name was
1: Joe Namath oh yeah
0: you know like quarterback
1: yeah re- there's a, like a constant it's a constant
0: yeah it was pretty awesome they're like I don't know man his parents they must have been either pretty good football fans or didn't know about it and I was like it's not Namath it's Nemeth." yeah but yeah it was, it was pretty funny um yeah it's it's constant (laughs) (laughs) uh how can people get a hold of you what do you got going for social media and all that stuff and
1: uh i'm really just on instagram um that's like my only deal and it's just joe nemeth uh 27 on there and uh uh i'm trying to be better about it i'm not like uh that is a very much another thing if I was going to put another thing in the category of off season, uh, things to get better at, um, is technology uh, <laughs> and using it. Um, a lot of people have problems, uh, like watching too many reels. I have problems making reels. Uh, <laughs> uh so, uh, I'm trying to put out some actual, like, uh, good, um, entertaining content for people that are into that sort of thing and um it's it's a really important it's it's very important to just just be out there and part of the community so yeah instagram is where it's at and uh everything else i'm 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 not on there awesome
0: (laughs) that's great well um yeah i really appreciate you coming on and talking with us today and stoked to yeah work with you this year and see what we can't come up with and getting ready for next. Yeah.
1: Week. Yeah. I'm stoked for the off season and, uh, the Enduro method doing that, that stuff. And, uh, like I, the little bit of time we had in that, like, like kind of, um, what was really like inopportune timing right after around one. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that I realized that I had a problem, which is like, makes sense. Uh, but yeah, no, this offseason I'm stoked to like finally get like the time I need to like get into the depths of the Enduro method stuff and and uh like do some actual in-gym training and, and figure that all out. So yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. That's
0: no, been great. And um yeah, good luck at uh see sky. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, thank you. you. Bet and we'll uh talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure.